Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode three with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Welcome, my friends. Hello. How is your day going? Uh, I'm so well. The weather here again is getting warmer and it's just wonderful. My kids are happy and really healthy at the moment, which for anyone who has kids in daycare is just such a blessing. Um, I've had some opportunities with work come up and yeah, things are just really, really wonderful. And I really, I had a client, uh, I was coaching last week and she was really finding it hard to find the belief within herself that she actually had everything that she already needed within her to change, that she was able to achieve what she wanted. And it just sort of took me aback because I've had the belief really, I think, since I started my coaching journey, actually, that's a lie. I think even longer before that, I've had this just knowing that I am capable of so much more than how I've been showing up in the world and what I've been doing. And so to see my client feel so dejected and down and out and feeling like there was just no possible way she was going to be able to overcome the circumstances that she's facing right now, really, I found very confronting, very, very confronting. So she's my inspiration for today's episode. I want to do some self-exploration with you. I'm going to be asking some questions for you to ponder uh, and to come up with your own answers and for you to see where it lands. We will drill down uh, into a little meditation exercise later. So if you're listening to this while you're driving, operating any kind of machinery, or you're somewhere where you can't be centered and be still, um, be prepared to pause this a bit later and pick it back up where you left off. Um, just so you can really make the most of it and experience it for yourself. This is definitely something that we do in coaching. So essentially, if you consider this to be one, well, it's one way instead of two way, you're going to be coached in this episode. So grab a pen and paper, find somewhere still, and then, yeah, pick this back up. Uh, just know and understand that nowhere where you land with this is right or wrong. There's no answer that's off limits and I implore you to be 100% honest with yourself. This is just for you to take time with, um, sit with the questions, consider the answers and just observe the answers that mentally appear for you. Just with love and compassion and just with observation. No judgment, just be like, oh, wow, is that really is that really how I feel about that? Or just, just trust what comes up is right for you right now. Take the opportunity to write down anything if you wish to, but that's not necessary. Uh, it's much more important that you listen and you really drop in to your intuition and to what your inner voice is telling you, your self-talk, um, and answer these, your, these questions for yourself, unobstructed, unjudged, and completely candid. Are you ready? If I ask you to think about a problem you're facing right now in your life, or just to have a think about whether there's something stealing your energy. What I mean is, is there something that you think about a lot? Like if you were to think about your whole day and 
think, oh, yeah, I really feel this way. And that thought comes up a lot. Or, you know, I know for me when it was weight loss that I was struggling with, all I could think about was beautiful people and skinniness and what I was eating and every all my thoughts were consumed by that. So if there's something that you know is a problem right now or if there's something that's really stealing a lot of your mental energy, um, if you think about your life as the way you want it, what isn't quite the way that you'd like it to be? Health, kids, weight loss, relationships, fitness, you know, whatever it may be. And the question I'd like to ask you is, do you believe you've got what it takes to change it? It's a pretty simple question and immediately your subconscious will answer it for you. So when I asked the question, you would have thought to yourself, yes or no. And instead of doubting that voice or questioning that voice, which we're very conditioned to do, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge that the thought's there. You've had it. You recognize it and instead I just want you to pay attention to what first came up and instead of pushing it away I want you to welcome it and just sit with it for a moment. If the answer was yes for you, you know, do you believe you've got what it takes to change it? Yes. Then my next question is why? Is it still a problem? Why is it stealing your energy? Why is it still a thing? Or if the answer is no, I'd like to offer that maybe you're wrong. And that maybe you've got everything you need right now already inside of you. Whether this is true or not, it's the belief that generates the power. For example, I've always wanted to know what it's like to be, inverted commas, skinny. My definition of skinny is not how I would describe myself. It never has been. I used to use that as self-depreciation. I now say it factually and healthily and with emotional detachment, which is how I've been able to get to that place of emotional detachment. When I was working with a coach for weight loss, I realized in our sessions that I thought being skinny would solve all my other problems I perceived that I had in my life at the time. So being skinny was going to solve it all, finding the love of my life, having my dream career, etc., etc. Through working with a coach, I had the space to actually see If I was ever to be skinny, as I defined it, the things that I would have to have given up to be skinny wouldn't actually at that point in my life have been worth it. It would have had far too big an impact on my social life. And I had a great group of friends. We were having a great lot of fun. I didn't like who I was when I was starving. I was narky, I was bad tempered, um, mainly because I didn't know how to lose weight properly and I couldn't sit in the discomfort that came with eating less. So it was just too big. It was too much of a sacrifice for me at the time considering everything else that I had going on in my life and how much I loved my life. It also would have required me cooking a lot more and learning how to cook better, not eating out as much. So weighing up all of these reasons, I preferred to be the size that I was and I realized in this process as well that I was happy with how I looked. I had been told by lots of people a lot that I just hadn't paid any attention to that I, I'm beautiful and no, I'm not uh, you know, size zero, size eight or whatever the fad was at the time, um, but I also wasn't hugely fat. I definitely wasn't skinny. I definitely wasn't obese. It was just about getting comfortable in my own skin and appreciating my body for all the amazing things that it could do and it gave me, which was a life and exercise and, you know, so many nights out dancing. So I really had to learn to appreciate that. 
So weighing up all of these reasons, I made the decision very consciously to learn to love me and enjoy my life instead of persecuting myself and making myself feel terrible for the way that I looked or whatever that you know I might be because actually being skinny wasn't going to solve the other problems. So let's focus on that instead. Underlying all of that was a fear of not knowing how people would interact with me if I was skinnier, not knowing who I was or how to carry myself or what that would mean for me with my existing friendships or the way I saw myself in the world. So talk about a way to overthink weight loss, hey. (laughs) So my answer to the question, do I believe I could change it at the time was yes. I believed I had it within me. But the effort required to do so was not something I was interested in doing at that time because of things I valued more highly. Later in my life, I questioned whether that was all a bunch of excuses and cover-ups and whether I was being lazy. But no, on reflection, that's genuinely how I felt. That was true for me. And I have my coach and the processes of coaching to really thank for that. I did make other changes to improve my health, regularly going to the gym, and doing other types of exercise, making better food choices, you know, choices that didn't impact the things I valued more highly than weight loss at the time. Actually, right now I'm two weeks into my partner Damien's 28-day challenge. It's a five in 28, lose five kilos in 28 days. And I've, it's my third time doing it because it's a great reset and I do drop some kilos and I just feel way, way better energetically. Um, He's a weight loss and performance coach. And my mum commented today, she's like, those jeans are looking bigger on you and you must be feeling so good, implying that I'd lost weight. And I pondered it for a moment and replied with, thanks. And it's really curious. I feel good for having the self-control. You know, the self-discipline to say no instead of eat what I want when I want. You know, I don't look at myself and think, oh, I need to lose weight or I'm fat. I'm not unhappy with how I look. And I'm not kidding myself into thinking I look like Miranda Kerr. But the pride I feel comes from portion control, stopping the snacking, not binging after dinner. And, you know, eating really, really healthy food and smaller portion sizes. And after I said that to my mum, I really took a minute to congratulate myself because it made me realise just how far I've come with my eating. As we've covered in previous podcasts, our thoughts dictate how we feel and we have 100% control over what we're thinking at all times as long as we're aware of it. Something every coach learns and to an extent is conditioned to believe is that we're never presented with anything in our lives that we are not equipped to deal with. So whether you believe this to be true or not, bear with me, hear me out. A client of mine was struggling to deal with her boss. Her boss was extremely domineering and at times quite abrasive in person and also via email. And if you don't understand what that looks like via email, it's capital letters, bold text, red text, you know, all that sort of thing. I asked my client whether she believed she had the ability to change their working relationship. She was adamant that no, she couldn't change it as it was her boss's fault and that sat outside of her control. After exploring some of the behaviours she was demonstrating and some of the behaviours her boss was demonstrating, we were able to bring to light that by sticking to her, no, this isn't my fault and I have no control over this story, she was able to prevent feeling the discomfort of stepping up and opening up the dialogue and confronting her boss. The attachment she had to, no, it's her, not me, 
meant she was able to continue doing her job, kind of palming off accountability for the state of their relationship and the situation itself, which kept her staying stuck and in the powerlessness of the situation. It kept her, as she worded it, safe. Ultimately, this was squashing her. It was repressing her power, which, funnily enough, (laughs) was the reason she'd asked me to coach her in the first place, to step into and own her power. Interesting, isn't it? So if you're stuck somewhere in your life, please understand that you're not broken. You don't need fixing. You need a tune-up, a good dusting off, and you'll sound better than ever. The key is to take the time and get the help if necessary to understand the attachment you have to what's currently going on for you and why. Let me repeat that. It's a very, very wordy sentence. The key is to take the time and, if necessary, get the help to understand the attachment you have right now to what's going on for you in your life and why. Believe me, what's happening in your life right now It's giving you something. And until you know what it is giving you, you can't get that thing you need in a resourceful way. It's the old saying, it's happening for you, not to you. And until you understand why, you'll keep finding the situation you're in. You might just move it around. For instance, how many of you have had a boss that you don't like or a toxic team at work only to move to a different organisation and find the exact same scenario or you've had a partner who's done certain things or behaved certain ways it's driven you up the wall you end that relationship and then you move on to another one only to find that that person behaves in exactly the same way and annoys you just as much common denominator there we will continue to take our problems into new environments until we resolve them intrinsically the problem we have is what needs addressing not the part of the problem outside of our control Is what you're focusing on really the problem? Coming back to our beliefs and what we perceive, I want you to consider this. Overall, does it serve us better in our daily lives to believe that we have what we need to succeed or get better results? Or does it serve us better to believe that we're deficient in some way or we're lacking or broken and need fixing? I've always found having a passport the ultimate freedom. I've always kept my passport valid Because I love the thought, although I've never done it, (laughs) I marvel in the fact that at any time I could just go to the airport, buy a ticket and fly away anywhere I wanted and start all over again. Have I ever done it on a whim? Never. Could I? Yes. And the could in that sentence is where the power lies. This is the power of choosing to believe that you have the capability versus choosing to believe that you don't. It's freeing and opens up so many more neurological pathways than believing that you have no options and that you're stuck and that it's never going to change. I'm sure you've heard a long time ago as a child or more recently, like yesterday for me, um, if you have children and they're anything like my son, the story of the little engine that could. To summarise the story, there's a broken down locomotive that needs to take supplies over a high mountain down into the village on the other side. The people in the village are relying on the contents in this locomotive, food, toys, other supplies, and several trains go past this locomotive and refuse to help. They see it as an inconvenience or they come up with many excuses as to why they can't help pull this locomotive over the mountain. And the locomotive is feeling dejected, feeling that there's no hope 
uh, and that nobody will help. So eventually, a small little engine appears, and despite being doubtful that this little engine will be able to pull the locomotive over the mountain, um, as the locomotive is much bigger and heavier, and that hill is very steep to climb, this small little engine decides to try, decides to just give it a go. As the small engine is climbing up and up, it's chanting to itself, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Sure enough, with the will, effort and encouragement, the little engine is able to pull the big locomotive up over the hill so the village people can get all of their supplies. Notice that the chant wasn't, I know I can, I know I can, I know I can, because that wouldn't have been true for the little engine at that time. And it also wasn't, I can't, I can't, I can't, because who would even try if they truly believed that they couldn't do it or that it would be too hard? There are so many points to cover in relation to this podcast, like comfort zone and what you're choosing to focus on, our limiting beliefs, all of which I'm going to cover in future podcasts. But to sum up, do you want a change? Start there. Eventually, you'll be able to ask yourself what you want instead. We can want something so vastly different from how things are for us right now that the leap from A to B feels impossibly huge. It can feel daunting and scary and literally impossible. I promise you, it's not. It's just the way you're choosing to look at it right now. Instead of, I know I can, I know I can, I know I can, start with maybe. Maybe I could. Maybe I could give that a try. Judge what you're telling yourself based on a feeling, not a thought. So if you give yourself a statement like, I'm worth $100,000 a year, or I'm 55 kilos, if that's what you're aiming for, or I'm so excited, or I'm going to build this relationship after starting today, or I'm going to get in the gym and it feels terrible or daunting or unknown or scary, then stop because that self-talk is too much. Dull it down, bring it back step by step. It's a, well, maybe I could apply for a job that's more than what I'm paying right now. And, you know, I wonder what 55 kilos would feel like. Or maybe I could feel happy about this. Or, you know, maybe I'm just going to smile at that person today and, and just see how it goes. Open it up. Give it more space. If what you originally tell yourself feels terrible and daunting and too much, find another thought that's halfway there but feels better and do that. Our thoughts dictate our feelings and our feelings dictate our behaviour. So we need to tell ourselves whatever makes us feel good to then drive our actions towards change. Remember that feelings are just that. They're vibrations in the body. Nothing more, nothing less. If you think about what you really want or worse, taking action to get what you really want, does it feel like the floor is about to fall out from underneath you? Just pay attention. Stick with it. Remind yourself that you're safe and that there's nothing you've committed to here. They are just thoughts. No reality has changed. We're just playing. If you're driving a car right now or you're somewhere where you need to concentrate, please pause this recording. Commence when you are somewhere where you can be still. If you choose to continue listening, please be mindful that what's about to follow may cause you to relax or drift into a meditative state. I want you to imagine that you're on the water's edge. You may be on the foreshore, 
on a boat, on a jetty, on a paddleboard. The water is immense. You absorb the lapping water, the repetitiveness of the swell, the movement of the water and the dancing patterns on the surface. You can feel the breeze against your skin. It gently whistles in your ears and you can tune into your breathing. You feel your lungs expand and contract. You feel the air come in and out, down the back of your throat, into your stomach. You feel your chest rise and fall. Your stomach expands and contracts. And you slowly start to relax. You hear the sounds of birds chirping happily the sun warming your skin and you feel calm, at ease, peaceful. You consider for a moment your life right now, knowing that it's okay, it's temporary. What's not working? What's underwhelming? How did you get there? Allow any feelings to surface and just pay attention to where in the body they appear. What are they telling you? How are they affecting you? Now, take a deep breath. And remember a time when you were fearful of doing something right before you did it. You wanted to achieve something, didn't you? But getting it done wasn't easy. The outcome was worth going through the discomfort, wasn't it? It may have been skydiving. It may have been going to a pottery class. It may be big. It may be small. Asking somebody out, making a new group of friends, quitting a job, interviewing for a new one, sitting that exam, performing, running a keynote or presenting. Whatever comes to you, is perfect for you. Just go with whatever comes up right now. Take a deep breath and go back there now in your mind's eye. See what you saw, hear what you heard and really feel the feelings you were having right before you stepped in. Where do you feel the fear? Go there in your body now, feel that. Feel the weight of it, feel the movement of it, feel the edges, where are they? Observe, take notes, disrupt the fear. Now, I want you to shift to a different part of this same experience. The part when it's over, you've done it. You realise it's complete and that you actually did it. How does it Feel now. Remember how you felt. Go back in your mind's eye. Hear what you heard. See what you saw. Really feel the feelings of conquering that fear and achieving that experience. What that felt like, that accomplishment. Can you name those feelings? Can you list them? Find them in your body. Where are they? How long has it been since you felt that way? You know what it feels like 
to achieve something and overcome your fear and discomfort. You've been there before. You know that what you want is worth it now. To feel that again. To be triumphant and elated and confident on the other side. What feelings did it require from you to take action? What are the bridging feelings? The ones between the fear and discomfort to the triumph and elation. Is it courage? Is it anger? What is it for you? When are you going to choose to give yourself this gift again, the gift of action? The gift you and you alone hold because overcoming something to achieve is an experience nobody can ever take away from you. It's the ultimate growth, the ultimate expansion of who you are, of your life and of your contribution. So when? As you pay attention to the feelings buzzing around your body right now, take in a deep, deep breath. Let yourself feel that inhalation go down the back of your throat, down into the pit of your stomach, rising and filling you up. Release the breath. Sigh out loud. Let it go. As you take another energizing breath in, let that oxygen flow through your entire body. Feel the tingles, feel the energy, feel the gift as you learn to trust yourself once more and let the oxygen support you. With one more deep energizing breath, bring your awareness to your heart. Feel it, expand. And when you're ready, Open your eyes and welcome back. How do you feel? If you have a pen and paper handy, pause this and take a minute to write what you experienced. Write whatever you need, whatever comes up, whatever is perfect for you. How do you feel? How does your head feel? How about your heart? This is the gift a coach can give you. With trance work, meditative work, hypnosis and other modalities that they have, you have an opportunity for self-exploration and discover new and dormant parts of yourself. To be clear, I do this type of work with life coaching clients, with executive coaching clients, with sales coaching clients, all my clients, because it is such a powerful tool. Let yourself soar. Remove the shackles. Listen to your soul and what it's telling you. We all have one. Let your soul tell you what you want and simply make a plan to expand and achieve. Your possibilities are endless. You are already worthy and enough. You already have everything within you and that you need to have all that you want. Have a wonderful week, my friends. We will talk again soon. you go i always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights if you found this podcast valuable please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have to listen as well i would love that also if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me 
Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.